Fika with Anika. The word fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Fika with Anika. I'm sitting here with Roseanne Hamilton, who is a Kauia uh, tribe native here in the Anza area. I know uh, Roseanne from uh, a brief interaction when she was a vendor at the um, uh, Prickly Pear Festival that was held uh, a few years ago. She was demonstrating basket weaving, amongst other things. Uh, and that's basically all I really know about Roseanne. Uh, so I'm really glad to have brought, that you came into the studio here to sit and chat with us for, for the next hour. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious about uh, basket weaving and, and Kauia life and uh, the plant world and the Kauia language. And so with that said, I'm just going to let you loose and uh, start, um, uh, start the interview this way. Hello, greetings, good afternoon. Um, I come here today to talk about the, the plants and the baskets and all that. But um, first off, I'd like to tell you about how I fit into the Kauia tribe. I'm from uh, the Apopet Kingdom clan, which is all the young and old of the Apopas family. And... Um, our people were were one of the three uh, Aboriginal tribes that are from Kauia, and we um, our people were the medicine people, the shamans of Kauia uh, Reservation, Kauia Territory, or Mountain Kauia, and uh, our uh, grandparents and great grandfathers and all that held their ceremonies up at Ramona Reservation, so they would uh, travel from Kauia and go all the way up and camp all the way up, have ceremonial sites all the way up, and then perform their different ceremonies up in uh, Ramona to um, heal and all that sort of thing, you know. So uh, the Ramona Reservation or the or the city of Ramona? The Ramona Reservation. Okay, very mm-hmm. good. Right. And uh, currently my brother is the last one that is there now of the original... Um, us original uh, Poppet Kingdom clan, and uh, our children are left, and uh, we're starting to go down in numbers. But you know, uh, I'm hopeful for the future. But anyhow, um, uh, just to get back to the uh, culture and the baskets and all that, it goes back into our creation story of um, how Manuel, the moon maiden, I don't know if a lot of you are familiar with Kauia uh, creation story, but it's, it's a lengthy one and it talks about a lot of our religious um, our religion and all our social and everything that we do as Kauia people is um, ingrained into that uh, creation story. And it gives us a great foundation of 
of lessons to uh, how we live our lives, you know, whole. And um, anyway, even into the afterlife, which is the beginning of our lives after we leave this earth. So um, it's very, very uh, spiritual uh, uh, people, you know, and a history of people. And it, it's really a beautiful story and a beautiful way to live. And uh, today we still have a lot of, even though, you know, we went through a lot of different different traumas and different things that have happened to our native people of California and Akuya people also, but, you know, we um, didn't really uh, have to, um, you know, be held under the mission era, era, you know, we pretty much fought our way out of that, and uh, a lot of the tribes sought refuge here in with us, so that kind of, you know, that hurt us, yes, and there were bounties and all those things that, you know, took us away from our religion and our way of life. You know, a lot of dark history, you know, is there and, and we don't talk yeah. about. And what time span was that? Well, that would be during the 1700s, during the, the mission area, the okay. Spanish area, era. And we, uh, you know, went through the Spanish and the Mexican uh, wars, and then we went through the, you know, the sighting of different uh, reservations and all that after, you know, during the 1870s, you know, we we um, were actually put in an area here at Powi Village, and were, you know, the reservation was established there, but, you know, we've gone through a lot of hardship, and I'm so glad that, you know, we've had to at least hold on to a lot of these teachings from, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago that were given to us by our, you know, um, our moon maiden, the uh, Menil, you know, it's our sister, the moon maiden. She is the one who taught and the use of different plants and medicine plants and gave different uh, of our people different abilities to heal, you know, and, uh, basketry was one of them and so you know it, it had to come if you've ever had the chance to um you know go out and and uh, work with a basketry material or try to to put one together you can see that they're just plants that you know who would think it had to be some great mind that you know had come up with something like this for baskets to last so so long, you know, and to be sturdy and so useful, you know, it had to come from someone else with a, a higher power, you know, than us. So anyway, I always like to start out and, and uh, pay um, respects to our uh, creator and to our moon maiden Menil for doing that and teaching this to us. And um, also, I also like to um, talk about my teacher, Donna Largo who was from yes, Santa Rosa Reservation. And uh, it hadn't been for her efforts in, um, you know, being interested, such as I, as a little girl, uh, from seeing her family, her grandmothers and her aunties, you know, um, have baskets and, you know, was very interested and were around that, you know, as a child. She, um, that gave her the inspiration to want to weave, but, you know, uh, to her... Um, you know, a sadness that, you know, her uh, relatives had passed before they had taught that to her. And uh, anyway, um, 
she had uh, known a couple of things about the use of the plants and, you know, um, but didn't really know how to put together a basket, a coiled basket such as this one. And, and uh, anyhow, um, she had gotten together with Rosalie Valencia, who was an elder here at Kawia Reservation. And I think about the time, she must have been about 77 years old. And uh, anyhow, um, her and another man, Tom Fresh, uh, got together and went to her and asked if she could still weave baskets. And uh, she said yes. And they said, well, would you, you know, weave one for us? And, you know, maybe we could do something with that. So they left and came back a few months later and she had woven, I have a picture of it, this beautiful um, tray basket with a whirlwind design. It's white and it you know, it has the whirlwind design on it. And from there, the two ladies got together and they started this revival of the weaving. So, you know, um, they went to Idlewild Arts and started holding classes during the summer, the Native Arts um, summer program. And uh, they just, Donna just started teaching. They both did until Rosalie passed. And then uh, Donna continued the teaching and, um, I was fortunately enough to go in and, you know, knew about this program and uh, got a little scholarship to go in and and learn how to weave. And I've been weaving ever since. And that's about 26 years ago now. So um, and now you're a teacher. Well, it's bittersweet. So um, anyhow, I just went on and on and on with the weaving, you know, since uh, I learned from Donna and. It was a really nice class. Uh, myself and uh, Tanji, her Angela Bogner from Kawia, and her sister Jane Liera also were weaving at the time. And another girl from Agua Caliente, Bonnie Short was her name. We all learned at the same time, you know, that that year. And um, of course, Angela, she um, weaves too. Her and her husband, and they. Um, allow other tribes to come and uh, gather junkets on their land. So, it, you know, it's really has flourished, and we ha- no longer have one basket weaver. We have several teachers now, and we just go out and teach and contribute in our different ways. But, you know, again, we, we have to honor the uh, Rosalie Valencia and Donna Largo for their great efforts for this, um, you know, reviving right. the, the art. Right. Well, thank you basket. for mentioning them. Yes. Yeah. Now you did bring in a sample here today. Yes, I did for uh, for me to see. Right. Uh, the so radio audience can't see it. But, no, they. But can't. I. This is a just. This is made from junkus. That's made from junkus. It's also made from. Uh, begun with uh, yucca, the yucca fibers, and uh, yeah, these are the yucca fibers. Yes. Uh huh. And this is also a yucca brush. And we would use the yucca brushes to clean our baskets or inside the grinding mortars. So they're very nice brushes, oh, or you could even run that through yeah, your hair yeah. if you wanted to. But um, uh, yes, we start, the foundation is yucca, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the yucca plant and uh, how useful it is. I didn't bring my yucca sandals, but I do have them. <laughs> I have a picture of them. But anyhow, um, all these things are pretty much, you know, still being made uh to this day by a lot of number of us weavers and this is all a part of the weaving but um anyhow it's really nice to go in and see at different museums and things uh 
yucca sandals. Um, we were making yucca sandals, and we went to the San Diego Museum of Man and went in and looked at their collection, and they had a thousand-year-old yucca sandals, which were made the same way we were making them back at the, you know, the center oh my there. Goodness. But the fiber survived a <laughs> yes, thousand years. Exactly. So that's well, I need to build thing. a house out of that. <laughs> I <think> so. <laughs> a house of straw. Yes. And uh, so anyhow, you know, it's... Um, we start with the yucca, and the yucca plant is very, very, um, you know, it's a fibrous plant, and it's very sturdy and strong, and, you know, it's very um, useful for thread and needles because they have a very sharp point on it. And on the edges, I wouldn't run my hand down the edges because they're just like a serrated knife. It would just cut you like a scalpel. So okay. it, it um, you know, I... Go out and gather these. And now, is this from the, the leaf portion of the yucca, this or is, is it from, from the stalk? This is from the whippleye yucca, and this is the heart of the, the plant. So we go in, and we grab the heart, and uh, be carefully, because it's full of um, uh, thorns on the ends. They have very sharp, sharp thorns. And those are basically used as needles also. You know, you could sew with it or, or anything like that. You could um, use them to... Hook. I, I ran into uh, Dr. Pearlstein from uh, UCLA. She went to, I believe it was Peru, and some of the um, the uh, people there in their their graves that they were looking at, they unearthed something, and they had their the blankets, you know, uh, used as pins to hold them together out of yucca. So she mentioned oh. that to me that you know she's seen that way down down Peru area. But anyhow, um, getting back to the yucca plant, it's very, very useful, very, very uh, fibrous, and we use it to make um, the starts of our basket and the yucca brushes or yucca cordage. You can make them as thick or as thin as you want. Yucca sandals, paint brushes, um, needles, you know, it's just, uh, and when you put it in the water, I'll put it in, oh, I use warm water, so I just put it in there, and if you swish it around, it bubbles up, you know, because there's a little bit of soap. It's not the actual soap plant okay. that we use, but um, it is a yucca plant, but it does bubble up and have a little soap in it. So um, anyhow, what I do is I go out and collect that, and uh, it's here in our local mountains, and I know a lot of you have driven by it so many times and just don't know, you know, the... The plants up here have so many uses, and there's so much food that's, you know, you could never go hungry up here, you know, if you know what you're gathering and and, and all that. There's such an well, abundance. I, I mean, for thousands of years, there were no grocery stores up here, and obviously the tribe survived. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, um, we go out and I'll gather this. I have certain gathering spots that I go to, but... Um, I'm so glad that I'm here today talking about that because, you know, one of the things is access, you know, to, to these areas. And they're starting to, you know, get smaller and smaller as we build more and we move in and we, you know, do more, you know, these plants are starting to dissipate, you know. And okay. um, so we have to take great care in managing them too. So there's a lot to the basketry you know, you, this is all a part of it, you know, um, Donna Largo, when she taught us at the, um, basketry class, she taught us the basics, you know, of, um, how to, uh, make a coiled basket, and she showed us just the basics, 
And now looking back, you know, she's still teaching me because um, that was the best way to teach because every basket weaver comes up with their own style, their own techniques, and you just have to do and experience and then, you know, come up with your own, you know, ways and methods and all that, you know. So that was a great way to teach. And like I said, she's still teaching me to this day. But anyway, um, the yucca plant, we'll go ahead and grab that. And uh, it's used for so many things. What I'll do is it's very, um, it holds a lot of water, a, a, a great enormous amount of water. And I uh, noticed this um, at one of my gathering areas when one of the fires, before this fire last year, there was a fire before um, up in the uh, Apple Canyon area, up, up through that way. Right. And uh, I had gone out to uh, that area to gather yucca. And uh, anyway, um, I went and it just like looked so, you know, just bare. You know, there was not a plant alive, just burnt down everything. And the whole forest was gone. And so... I noticed I went to the area where I gathered my yucca and they were all there, you know. So this fire literally swept over all of them, but they hold so much water that they survived. So, um, oh. yes, I took out the uh, conservation students from UCLA. That was one of Donna Largo's projects. She had, um, when uh, after I started learning and learning and, and uh, stuck with it, uh, Donna Largo, I would show her my baskets, you know, and she would look at them and, you know, she would ask me to go out and gather her junkets or, you know, she'd be teaching so she'd need a lot. So I would go out and gather it for her and she'd tell me, give me this much or that much, you know, and so I'd get it and I'd split it and take it to her so she could, you know, um, put it in the sun and all that and get it ready. So I would do that for her. Then pretty soon, when she couldn't make it to a class or something, she was had to go somewhere else, she asked me to fill in. So, you know, I was climbing the ladder, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, this is one of the projects that she worked with Dr. Pearlstein at uh, UCLA, the conservation students from the Getty. And uh, they're interested in the plants and, and all that. And so I took them out there to that area, that burn area that I was talking about the with the yucca plants and, you know, just showed them that, look, you know, this is, this the fire just literally swept over. So they hold a lot, a lot of water. So um, when you're drying them, you need a lot of heat. And I use the sun to help me. And, you know, sometimes the sun is temperamental up here in Anza. It took us a while to um, get to um, the summer months. Remember, we had all that June gloom yes. and all that. So if you're trying to use the sun to dry your materials, it, it takes you a while. And if you're planning on teaching and, you know, doing all this other other things, you know, that you need for the year, you know, you, you need sun. So <laughs> anyway, I was crossing my fingers there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, what I'll do is I'll just cut them in half and then lay them out in the sun and I'll give them about a week because they're not, they're really green. I'll show you a picture later and uh, of what they look like. And You cut them in half uh, lengthwise? Yes, I cut them in half and remove the tip so I don't stab myself and I uh, cut the uh, cut them in half so I don't have a lot of throwaway because, like I say, they hold a lot of water. So you want them to be in the sun and to dry out and bleach out a nice, pretty white, you know. And they are, and they're, but they're nice and 
and flat. I don't see much uh, like pith or anything in there. Well, there will be, but um, these are dry now, and they dry out pretty hard. But once you put them in water again, and then you clean the inside, and then I'll go ahead and strip it down like a string cheese. I just start peeling it down and collecting little strings like this, and then I collect a little bit and tie a knot, and then I just... um, Put it aside, and then I go to another plant, and uh, that's the juncus plant. And the juncus also grows up here. I know you mentioned it earlier. If you drive through Highway 371, unfortunately, you drive right through the whole (laughs) entire juncus stand, you know. So anyway, um, the juncus is a very uh, tall, it's like a reed. and now, there's three or four different types of juncus that grow in this area. So is it, do you use either one, or is it very specific, the one that you That's use That's the ver- very specific that we okay. use down that we drive through just below the casino there. And uh, anyway, I haven't seen its match, you know. And uh, it is just great material, and the color is beautiful, and, you know, it just is so pretty. You... Um, I've learned to, like, look in different collections and had the... Um, um, you know, was fortunate enough to go in and be able to look at different collections and different museums and can pick out, there's Kuia, there's Kuia, and, you know, there they are, the junkets. It's so um, unmatched. Is it know, very specific just to this area, or is it endangered in any way? I would say yes, because um, a lot of uh, Tanji, I mentioned earlier, uh, Bogner and her family allow people to come and gather on their um, uh their land there right off the the highway and um, a lot of the urban uh, tribes our sister tribes that are surround our, our community here will come in and and uh, gather up here because they just don't have access to you know junkus so um, they come up here and you know they they get their materials so um, there are different types of junkus like you know up down towards the coast and and towards LA area, you know, through those tribes. But it's it's a lot different than ours, you know. I see. And so um, you don't have to clean as much, and um, it's just a different material to work with. And uh, this is um, just like prime. Pika with Anika. Come and enjoy a weekend in the high country. ANZA's annual community festival at Sacred Heart Church. Saturday, September 7th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And Sunday, September 8th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The annual community fiesta is fun for the whole family. Delicious foods, Mexican, American, and Indian. Both fiesta days, there will be DJ music. There will be barbacoa y birria on Saturday for dinner. There will be Native American dancers on Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Bingo games all day long. Game booths for the kids like the dime toss and fishing, a bounce house, and so much more. There will be a drawing for a champion generator. Raffle tickets for the generator will be $5 each or $5 for $20 and will be drawn on Sunday. There will also be an opportunity drawing drawn on Sunday at 3 p.m. 
First prize for the opportunity drawing will be $1,000. Second is $500 and third is $300. There's a silent auction with great items up for grabs. On Sunday at 11 a.m., there will be a horseshoe tournament in memory of Victor Paz, who passed away on July 25th of this year. Sign-ups for the Horseshoe Tournament are from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and on Sunday, 9 a.m. is a breakfast. That's a fun-filled fiesta at Sacred Heart Church right here in town. That's Saturday, September 7th, and Sunday, September 8th. Mark your calendars. Brought to you by Find Food Bank and the Anza Electric Cooperative. Free community mobile pantry. Saturday, September 14th from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. at the Anza Electric Cooperative. That's at 58470 Highway 371 in Anza, California. This free event includes mobile pantry, CalFresh app assistance, and free community health resources. Bring your own reusable bags and take free food home with you. For questions, call Jennifer Miller at 760-416-8235. You're listening to... K-O-Y-T-L-P. 97.1 Anza. Welcome back to Fika with Anika. You couldn't go out and make a basket like this in one day. It's going to take you quite some time to go out and make the, the basket. I just told you the yucca, the start of it, and that was already a week in, you know. Yes. And uh, you have to go gather the material and then split them and, and uh, you know, dry them. And then you're ready to go with a start. But then the juncus plant, it takes a little bit of hard work, too. They also have on the ends very sharp uh, needles, you know, and they're very, um, like Donna Largo said, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears when you go gather. Oh. So anyway, <laughs> um, you know, you go out there and gather that, and I'll I'll gather a bundle about this big, you know, and I'm I'm splitting for like two days. That also is an art in itself, is to split the junkus. Uh, we us basket weavers, we use our mouth as a third hand. I was just so. going to say because uh, you just put your your hands up to your mouth as yes. you were describing the exactly. process. Exactly. Uh huh. And so I'll put a piece in my mouth and then pull them down, and we split them. So it takes two days when I pick a bundle like about that size. So um, anyhow, uh, after that's done, I'll put them in the the sun, and for three to six months. Um, putting, the, taking them in, uh, taking them out, bringing them in, because even the morning dew, if it gets onto your basket uh, grass, your juncus, it'll spot it, and then it gets molded, and so it'll ruin your your basket grass. So it's very oh. temperamental, you know. The plants have a way of uh, pulling moisture out of the air and and you know living like that. So anyhow. Um, I'll do that, and it takes about that long for it to, you know, make. Come so out it's to a, a bleak, six a month nice process to get it dry enough that you can actually right, start to weaving. Use. Exactly. So um, <laughs> it takes a lot of patience, and I think my brother um, Joseph he he um, said it the best. He said that um, it ta- basketry is um, shows you patience and humility because you know you 
you have to have a lot of patience to, you know, to make the basket. And then the humility is what you're left with when yeah. it's done, you know, so. <laughs> wow, but how exciting. So towards, uh, I would imagine that it's like towards the end of the year, as it starts getting colder, that's when you sit down and start making your baskets? No, I uh, make them all year round. Okay. Um, the... Um, uh, the granary baskets, I, I also make the big granary baskets, storage baskets out of willow, and I'll use, I'll be making those in the winter time because that's when they kind of peak, you know, the plant I see. Uh, peaks from about, oh, about fall to August. I mean, I could go out there now, but, you know, I want them to grow a lo- little longer because that willow is pretty, um, getting really scarce for me to um, go out and gather and um, I need a lot of the material to make the huge baskets. And um, I manage an area behind my house. And, uh, you know, I just can't get access to it anywhere else. So if you have any sandbar willow in your area, <laughs> sandbar willow. invite me over and I'll take care well, of it for you. <laughs> well, uh, several years back, uh, Mara Stinnett and I and uh, the local Boy Scout troops... Um, Put together at the Hamilton Museum, the uh, the kish that's there, oh, and we had help from uh, one local uh, Indian, and he went uh, to a certain area and with permission to gather the uh, the willow that we used for that. Oh. So so yeah, so in a way, I'm a bit of a weaver. Oh. I take great deal, deal of, uh, uh, a lot of pride in the work that we put into developing that kish. That's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. Wow. Nice. Right. So, um, that's the wrap. That is the wrap that's on the junkest, or the basket. And uh, we weave around the yucca start. And then after that's done, then we start adding deer grass. So, deer grass also grows around up here in this area. And it loves meadows and it loves water and um you know, it's just, it's tough, you know, when we had the drought, you know, for several years, yes. and I was just so heartbroken over the plants, because, you know, even still, you know, they've been through a lot, and it just, you know, without water, and then getting this flood of water, you know, it's just so much shock and trauma that they've been through, you know, that, you know, they've gone through a lot over the few past years, and, um, even just uh, using the sun, you know, mm-hmm. to, um, uh, you know, and it, it, our winter not staying so cold and then our summer not starting up, you know, and it just, the, the plants are so confused and have had to adjust and grow, you know, uh, the best they can, you know. And uh, uh, it would just be so heartbreaking when I walk out to gather and all these plants are just crunching, you know, under my feet. And it's just, you know, they're just dead, you know. But um, there is a nice crop of um, plants and they look very nice and healthy out there. You know, I've gone out, got stuck after the flood, but <laughs> for three days. <laughs> but, um, yes, the, the plants were doing just fine and... Um, you know, uh, also in the baskets, the coiled baskets, we use another plant. It's called um, dogbane or sumac, and um, we call it sellet, but 
anyway um i use that for the white in the design i don't have any in this basket because they specifically wanted it just plain but um anyhow uh, i'll add the design to um with the the bottom half of the junk this is just natural and um it uh is at the bottom of the plant and it's older juncus, so it's been in the ground longer. So when you go out to gather the, the juncus, when you pull it, you know, you have to pull it a little bit harder, put a little more effort into it because they're very hard to pull out. And, you know, the other plants are green, so they just pop right out because it kind of grows like a vine, you know, and the plants grow up and they just pop right out. But it takes a little work. So, you know, you have to be ready, willing to go out and sit in the sun and I think I spend more time outside than in but <laughs> I don't mind it you know yes and uh anyhow um, we use the bottom half so the red for the design that's all natural the um the white in the design is is natural again it's the sumac and then the junk is the black is the only one that we dye and uh different basket weavers have their own uh, recipes and things and how they dye junkus, but I use uh, just cottonwood and elderberry and a nice cast iron pot and I put it inside the with water with the junkus and uh, cover it, put it outside and leave it for a few weeks and I push it right to the limit before it because it will disintegrate. It's just plants, you know, right. they will break down, but I'll put it all the way back because I like mine, you know, really black. You know, it's kind of like a signature in a painting, you know, the the you know black in the design but I'll push it as far as I can and that that's how you know we use the plants also to dye but um it's an amazing area up here in Kauia you know there were so many things that and so many uses of the plants and people just don't realize you know so when I when I end and uh, with the conversation with people and presentations and things like that. I like to tell, like, the youngsters, you know, the younger people that, hey, look, you know, you're the next ones coming up, you're the next generation, and, you know, you, we're preserving this for you, and it's going to fall into your lap. You preserve it for the next, you know, generations to come. And, you know, when you're out traveling with your parents and families into our mountains, you know, just remember us that we, you know, still gather and eat the plants and we still use the plants and you know we're still thriving up here and you know um be careful when you're out camping and things and you know keep your litter to yourself and take yeah, it home up after yourself, right yes. and be smart and responsible with your fire and you know because a lot can be lost in such a little time you know and uh it's important to know all these things that you have you know, something in your own backyard that, you know, is edible and, you know, is useful. And, uh, you know, it's, they're just amazing, you know, to see that you can make such beautiful things out of, you know, just the plants that surround you. Right. So, yeah. so let me just ask you, going back to the um, uh, the uh, Whippley, um plant. So when you take the heart, you kill the plant or? No. It was thought, that's a good question. It was thought um, back when Donna Largo, we were in the class, in the 90s and she had thought that the plant died so make sure that you make good use of it that you don't um you know um because like i said some people will dry it just 
I don't split, I, you know, I split it. Some people won't split it. They just leave it out like that. But you've got to have very hot, hot, intense sun so it'll bleach them out. Well, I split them in half so I don't have any throwaway so that, you know, I, you know, I can make good use of the, the entire plant. But it was thought that it died. But I had ga I've gathered and gone back to the same plant, the areas that I've managed for many years. Yes. So I've got to see with my own two eyes. It's like, hey, who came here and, you know, cut the tips off of that? Well, it's not. It's the heart that I just gathered the couple of years before because I won't, you know, go back to the same. So it will regenerate. Yes, it does. Isn't that fantastic? Yes, it is. And uh, all these plants were made to be pruned. So you're doing a great um uh, you know, help help to the plant because um, when you go out and gather the juncus, we don't want them to crowd together too much because they start to twist and start to choke each other out and die. So when you go out and you pull them and gather them, you know they're they're going to continue to grow. So um, also with the um, deer grass, they were also meant to be pruned, but you have to gather them in a certain way. Um, you go down and go down the, the shaft of the um, junk, the deer grass, and you find the little niche, and then you just pop it off right there at the niche, and then they'll, they'll come up. It's better for the plant because it doesn't have to break down that total, those big long rods of, of deer grass, you know, yes. so it's very helpful to them. So, you know, um, also some people have, I've gone to areas and I've seen the deer grass growing I'm like oh okay I'm going to take the students out there to go see this you know maybe we can gather and go the next day and they've chopped them all down you know and up oh. at Lake Hemet was a nice area there by the store and uh, we went there one year and um, you know the, the ladies after they get through with this class it's such a nice class because we're there for like five days and uh, anyway they on the second day, we come out on a field trip, and we come down here to look at the plants, you know, when they're growing, and we do a little gathering and bring them down to Kauia. And on the way, we had stopped at Lake Hemet, and the, the plants were just great, and everybody was, you know, gathering the plants. And one of the ladies went was staying at uh, Lake Hemet while she was um, going to class up at Idlewild Arts, and she had told, went into the store, and she's seen the man starting to cut it. She's all, don't cut that because we use that, you know. So it's very good that, you know, we have these classes, and it's just sharing yeah, the knowledge. To teach you the know? stewardship of right, the land. Right, exactly. Very so, nice. you know, we have to do that up here. And I know ANZA people are very aware, you know, and there's a lot of us up here that do care about our mountain, you know, I oh. haven't seen communities that, you know, haven't been so tightly knit and, and uh, very caring about, you know, our beautiful mountains, you know, and keeping it nice and, and um, you know, free from fire and different threats like that, you of know, course. so we want to have a nice community and, you know, working together, it's great having uh you know, talking about things like this and sharing absolutely you know, helps. Now, is there any place locally where we could see examples of the uh, Kawia art or your art, uh, your basketry? Oh my gosh! Every time I make something, it goes. But you know, I have oh, photos. It hasn't and come this to my that. house yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have photos and this and that, and there's so many collections that people have, like um, Agua Caliente Cultural Museum. They have a nice collections of basketry in there. Um, uh, you know, exhibits usually. Um, any of the uh, 
local, um, you know, museums. Of course, the Riverside Metropolitan had, had shut down. I don't know if they're open, but they did have an exhibit that was running in there that had a lot of Kawea baskets. And um, anyway, um, other than that, you just get lucky, you know, <laughs> trying right. to find. I, I've yet to try to find my grandmother's baskets, Rosenda Pappas, and she was a great master weaver, and she's one of my uh, inspirations for wanting to, um, you know, weave baskets. Because, you know, when I was little, I'd always see a basket in the works, you know, that she'd be wearing. I'd never see her working on it. And uh, anyway, um, I never got to ask her, like, hey, Grandma, you know, because like, I was 10 when she passed away. But, I see. you know, I just had this, you know, wanting to learn. And finally, I got to learn later in, in my 20s. So, you know, I was very grateful for that and um, very um, happy to uh you know, teach other young women that want to learn, you know, because I know how, you know, that, that calling is, you know, and they have something to contribute, and they're the next ones that are going to come up and take over, you know, our spot. So, right. you know, that's how we keep it going. So Interesting. <laughs> right. right. So uh, going back to the Junkus, I, uh, like you said, as you're driving along Highway 371, we're obviously driving right through a stand because that's where uh, Kawea Creek runs. And it's, uh, you know, uh, a type of a wetlands there. Are there other areas in in town here that, that have a wetland like that? Or I is it specifically just on the reservation? No. I believe that in certain areas, we can't get to them and gather them, but up in the mountains, wherever there's a lot of water, you know, you're going to find that type of junkus. Um, down towards uh, Trip Flats area, I know there's some out there. And um, again, up at uh, Ramona Reservation, I know they have some around by their lake. I don't know, you know, I haven't gone up and and looked, you know, but I know sometimes if you ask them nicely, they'll, you know, they're welcome to right. come and gather. But. Which is one of my other questions, too, is you can't just pull over across at the highway and just, uh, you know, grab your pruners and and help yourself. No, you can't. Because That's a big <laughs> one, no-no. Yes. One is access. And um, we have, you know, gathering rights, and we get um, permits, adventure uh, permits from our tribe that allow us to go gather in, in the forest, San Bernardino Forest. But Wait, you, act, you, even though you have rights, you have to get permission? Yes. So when we're out parked, we don't get pulled over by the... Um, uh, CHP or who's ever well, coming along the forestry, forestry. or yes uh-huh. yeah. and they will come over and you know get on you you know and uh, I had an experience up in Idlewild and the rangers came over and uh, asked what are you doing out there you know can I help you and I says no because I was gathering acorns and can I help and I was like no unless you want to gather <laughs> like what are you doing out here and I was like you know, how long have you been doing this? And I said, well, we've been doing this for thousands of years, and the lady didn't like that. <laughs> so oh. she got kind of angry and upset and said, drop those acorns. Oh. So, you know, she literally, we didn't, you know, she made us put those back, you know. So it was well, good really, for her, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, right, you could have been someone who wasn't as respectful oh, of the land. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, she... Um, that's, you know, our <laughs> gathering areas. But it was, my mother said, wow, it's getting to where, you know, Indians can't gather their medicine, you know. And uh, I was 
another time it happened about a mile away from my house up on Cary Road and the lady her dogs were barking and uh, I think that's why she got angry but anyway I was gathering deer grass and she didn't want me on that property and threatened to call you know so uh, it's it's hard you know to gather the plants and then another thing is like I was getting let me get back to the what I tell the people you know to be responsible with polluting and dumping and things like that because we're eating or gathering or we're using our mouths as a third hand and we're having contact with these things and then the uses of the the baskets you know um they could if you weave it tightly enough it'll hold water you know and they can be stored in we winnow acorns out of them you know um anything you know we have contact with them so you know they're not just made and then put on a shelf um so you know it's good to keep all that pollution and all that away from you know these areas so you know we got to have a lot of awareness to stop all that you know and preserve some of these areas you know because they are important you know for us they're very important because we have to continue this you know teachings and knowledge to pass down to our our children and grandchildren now you know so um it's very important for us and to have clean nice areas to gather right. from you know i'm uh now if um now for the deer grass the mullenbergia uh rigens can be bought commercially from uh native uh nurseries and so if somebody wanted to they could basically uh be growing that on their own in in a garden setting yes um and i don't think you can buy the juncus anywhere though I think so. Yes, you can. There's a lot of native... Oh, I should have brought up a nice list. Is it the Junkus Textilis? Yes, it is. That yes. is so hard to find. I, I bet. Uh, I have uh, experience in, in with native nurseries, mm. and I can remember being on a quest trying to find that. And oh. Yes, it was very hard to find. Yes. I see mm. there's another type of Junkus, but it grows in a bunch, you know, and um, it's very uh, flimsy. You know, I think okay. you could probably make twine baskets, you know, whole junkus twine, like the sifter or leaching baskets that we use, similar to a colander, you know, that was the whole purpose. Or it would be nice and light to carry and go and gather things, you know. You wouldn't have to lug this huge basket around, the heavy basket. But anyway, um, uh, they would be used for that, you know, utilitarian use. But um, you could probably use that type of junkus, you know, but it kind of fools people because I've seen a, a couple of people recently have gone out and bought and then planted. And then it, I, I've noticed it like in front of Starbucks. Uh, oh. I think it was in uh, down in Marietta area the other day. And I just seen this little junkus plant, but it's not the same as ours, you know. So I see. Right. So anyway, um, they they do use them for a lot of landscaping. The uh, the um, deer grass and a lot of the people up here in Anza might have them in their their um, yards and on their property. So you know, right? And they don't even know that they have a treasure no, like that. No, they don't. And so, or the yucca whippoli. Exactly. That's also another plant that's available commercially oh, through yes. through native uh, native nurseries. Right. I think now at this day and age, you can get seeds and plants, and you know, find the nurseries to go out and 
and gather all these things and have a nice garden. You know? Exactly. Something mm-hmm. for anyone who wants to take up weaving. Right. Exactly. Right. And, you know, some people do that. Some of the weavers do that, that live downtown. I know uh, Donna Largo had done that, got a lot of um, plants, you know, and take them down. She lived in Hemet at the time, and, and uh, anyway, she would... Um, you know, just uh, cultivate it in her little garden. Right, yeah. exactly. Right. For me, though, I'm not ready for that. I like going <laughs> out and, you know, gathering. <laughs> yeah, we're very Being fortunate outside. out here that there's still a, a lot of land to be able to walk on. Right, yeah. exactly. And that we're not sitting, you know, where houses are 75 feet apart. Right. You know, but we're acres and acres apart. We can so stretch out and move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... Well, Roseanne, it's been really nice having you here. I look forward to having you back again as a guest. I'm sure that there's a, a lot more for us to discuss here. I'd like to see more of your basketry um, and some other things, too. So I look forward to having you back in the studio. Oh, Achima, thank you very much. Achima? Uh, yes. Achima is... Achima is thank you. And so thank you for letting me uh, speak to you about... Uh, something that's very close and dear to my heart and, you know, makes me, um, you know, whole and happy Kawia woman, you know. <laughs> so um, I'm always happy to share uh, this knowledge and Great. with people. All right. So until next time. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put FICA in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.